So Money Episode 291, Mike Lowe. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thanks for joining me. Today's guest is Mike Lowe. And parents to young children out there, you're going to want to raise the volume higher on this podcast because Mike is the founder of a great company called Kadoodle TV. It's a unique subscription video on demand service for families offering quality, kid-friendly entertainment in a commercial-free environment. Kind of think like Netflix for kids. Kadoodle has key features like parental control, time limits, and parent analytics. Great for kids given today's quote-unquote digital jungle, as Mike's team calls it. The company is committed to making a positive impact for families, which I'm all for. And prior to founding the company, Mike has a background in journalism and new media. Lots of takeaways from our time together, including the future of children's programming and the role Kadoodle hopes to play in that. The too-good-to-be-true investment that went down as Mike's biggest financial failure. And how does Mike manage screen time in his home with his kids? You know, the American Academy of Pediatrics discouraged all forms of screen time for toddlers under the age of two for years. They've now gone back on their suggested limits, saying that in a world where screen time is becoming simply time, our policies must evolve or become obsolete. So even they're changing their minds. Here is Mike Lowe. Mike Lowe, welcome to So Money. As a parent, and as many of my listeners are parents, very excited to have you on the show and learn more about what you do. Kadoodle TV, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I love your story about how you launched this, what is sort of like the Netflix for kids. You started this as a parent who was looking for a a great way to introduce programming to your kids in a way that was commercial free. So how do you go from having a brainstorm as a parent to then launching what is now a very successful company? Uh, You know, it... um, I think first of all, I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur in the beginning. So it was one of those things that I'm always looking for opportunities and always looking for new horizons. That's part of the curse of being that serial entrepreneur. But, um, you know, really it was about for me assembling a team of people that had the like-mindedness to try and create something that really was not only had the opportunity to become a successful financial, um, project, but at the same time, was more than that it was really about how do we develop something that ultimately we'd be proud of, you know, for the rest of our lives. And I think that Kadoodle, when we started it, you know, it was really about a thesis that, that kids were going to be changing the way they consume their media. Uh, much like we've already changed the way we consume newspapers and books and music and, and looking at video sort of being that last horizon at that point, it was really trying to say, how, how can we build something that will give kids of the future will be able to, to adapt to kids of the future, but really be able to also work with the parents. And, and so, uh, you know, using technology to develop an ecosystem where the parent can say, okay, great. I know I've got a level of security. There's no advertisements. I'm not going to get inundated with things. I don't want my children to watch. And at the same time for the child is given an environment that makes them feel like they're responsible and they can grow up. So, you know, we really wanted to, as parents, build something that we saw in our everyday lives that made sense. 
I will say as a parent, my son is almost 16 months and I actually have started to allow him to watch some Sesame Street, <laughs> which I know even the um, the American Association of uh, Pediatrics has gone back on their initial recommendation, which was after two years, it's safe. But before two years, we must restrict <laughs> screens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a busy mom. What can I say? Sesame Street is what I need sometimes to just get dinner done. <laughs> but my point to this is really that there's an established there's established programming out there for kids. It's been around for decades since you and I were young, you know, Sesame mm-hmm. Street, even Barney. So yeah. how do you, I mean, so Kidoodle is brilliant. I love that it has parental control and no commercials, but you're also introducing a lot of new programming. How mm-hmm. do you win these kids? How do you win these audiences that are, that are, that really want Elmo, you know? Um, can they get Elmo on Kidoodle? <laughs> Do you know, one of the interesting things, so in the beginning when we got our product out, um, really for us, it was about getting data feedback from moms and kids and seeing the usage. And one of the things that has really radically shifted the habits from our time growing up is that YouTube's now been around for over 10 years. Uh, I know my eight-year-old has grown up with YouTube as being literally, that's his form of television. That's, you know, his first point for him is to go and find things on YouTube. And so when I was watching that behavior, um, you know, obviously YouTube is a dangerous place as well for kids. (laughs) And so, you know, there's that, there's that uh, complexity of how do you um, find the content, you know, from a corporation standpoint, we're looking and going, how do we find content that's relevant for kids today? And a lot of times what that content is, it isn't actually necessarily the things that we grew up with. And that's um, probably the biggest finding that we found is that um, kids are into completely different brands uh, simply because they're no longer sitting down on Saturday morning and watching cartoons that's delivered to us by one of the big media companies or broadcasters, but rather they're now seeking and finding content from all over the world. And, and, you know, what I'm finding too, is that uh, even in my own family, my kids are much more interested in, in finding things that they can learn with as opposed to just be entertained. And as a company, we're really, really moving towards that uh, area now where the content that this next generation of connected kids is interested in, isn't just that sit back and watch a half an hour of, you know, one of your favorite uh, cartoon characters, but rather, you know, see some content that may, maybe is coming from Europe or from Africa or watching a show that's produced by a mom and her daughter. And really what we're seeing now is the democratization of content is moving away as we're seeing it from our users is moving away from just the traditionally produced television shows into a whole new area of opportunity and and content that is really exciting because from our standpoint, you know, there's a way to develop a new type of edutainment, entertainment paradigm. Um, and so, you know, really from our standpoint, it's just this exciting transition right now where we're seeing this real-time data come in from kids where ultimately if they can learn something or if they can get into a show that not necessarily that I even know what that brand is, um, it might be a smaller YouTube channel or something that, that the kids are definitely excited in watching it. As a parent though, do you have a limit to screen time? Do you limit that in your household? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's very important. So Kadoodle, you know, we built it with timers um, so that you can set bedtime limits and curfews because ultimately we don't always want to be the bad parent. But really, um, and you're hitting on something that's very important. Screen time is that important um, piece that we have to monitor because that's not just television too. That's also playing games. That's also, you know, through apps. So, you know, we've got this whole unique environment that's being created through the tablet, the iPad, etc., where 
now these kids have their own unique e- ecosystem and you have to limit screen time because one of the things that, you know, we actually at Kadoodle TV are trying to do every day is actually get kids away from the screen more often than not and incorporating things like doing chores and outside activities uh, to be able then to, to have the reward of watching some screen time because, you know, we strongly feel that, that uh, I know with my own kids that we want them to, to still, you know, get out into the world and experience those real things that we need to have a, a positive development. So a business question for you, how is business doing? If there's any way that you can talk about this using measurements or growth uh, metrics, we'd love to hear how how this startup is doing. Sure. Well, we, we focused in the beginning. So um, again, being a part of a lot of startups in the past, uh, some successful, uh, some not, <laughs> you always want to learn. And the, from our standpoint, our original thesis was always to get into the market with a minimal viable product and start getting the data back. We didn't think that there were the smartest engineers in the world that could be able to predict the future. What we wanted to do is build a platform that ultimately would have the velocity to meet the changing consuming market. And for that, uh, since 2014, we've been into the market uh, and just basically doing that, a research project where we were learning the habits and and asking our customers uh, what they liked, what they didn't like. From this point now moving forward, we're moving into our second phase of the business, which we're announcing later this week, um, our first uh, real partnership deal. This partnership is with a telco that's in over 33 countries, um, reaches millions of customers. And really our focus now is to partner with infrastructure owners, namely telcos, uh, to be able to deliver a new product in Kadoodle TV that is centered around uh, not only entertainment, but like I said before, uh, education, uh, really about literacy and getting kids uh, uh, the ability to uh, learn as they are entertained. Um, but from our standpoint, we're really now rolling out sort of a B to B to C, um, uh, process where we're talking to, uh, I just got back from Europe and we're talking to a n- numerous telcos all over the world from Southeast Asia to the Middle East to Latin America, where now we're, we're offering our media product and our expertise as, uh, essentially a platform for them to offer to their customers, uh, that gets them uh, up to speed on a kid's product, uh, relatively with no time at all and little expense. So, we're seeing that, you know, really being uh, taken up um, actually much more than we even thought. We originally thought we would kind of go after a partner every six months, uh, but we're just seeing the changing times right now and the, and the decline of traditional television revenues and the increase of everybody's interest in digital that, um, you know, a lot of the partners that we've been talking internationally and domestically are excited about what we're offering and get it. And it's a pretty easy sales cycle. You called yourself a serial entrepreneur in the uh, beginning of this conversation. What was the first business you launched? <laughs> As most kids, was it was a yard business, <laughs> cleaning, you know, doing uh, doing the landscaping, and um, I quickly found it's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. But it was better than working for somebody else. <laughs> so uh, you know, I just growing up, my father was an entrepreneur, and really from. From growing up in a household, it was, uh, you know, we, our chats at the dinner table were always talking about opportunity and future horizons and, and, uh, you know, what we thought that would, you know, make sense and where would the world be in five years from now. So, um, you know, as I've gone through a lot of businesses, I've, I've had a media company, I've had a, a, an agency, an advertising agency. I went through a lot and, you know, a lot of failures. And I think that the personal mantra for me is, kind of cliche, but it's always don't be afraid to fail and just understand you're going to fail a lot, but ultimately to learn at each juncture and try and incorporate that into a better data bank and move forward uh, smarter every time. You beat me to the question. I was going to say, what's your money mantra? Don't be afraid to fail. So with that then, Mike, what is a failure that you experienced, financial failure? Uh, What happened and what did you learn? 
you know, it's kind of a traditional um, investment uh, scenario where I, I really growing up again, being an entrepreneur, I, I've typically anything that I've invested in myself, I've known the people inside the company uh, or have gotten to know them well. And uh, I remember one time there was a, a typical deal that came across um, the table and it was too good to be true. Um, I, I bid on it and, I, and, and uh, it was too big to, and it was the first time that I never actually took the time to get to know the management. And, um, you know, it, it, the presentation was wonderful. Um, the space that they were in looked like it was right. Um, but ultimately, I didn't take the time to sit down with the, fun, with the executive group and understand really how they're going to tackle what they're tackling. And, and it was one of my largest personal investments. Um, you know, it was a bit lazy, was, got a bit complacent and, and thought that this was going to be one of those, you know, in, invest in quick turnaround and make a, a two or three X. And it uh, turned out that I think that that investment now has got, you know, maybe lost 99% of its worth. So <laughs> the company's dead. So it was a, you know, it was a good lesson for me that for, for the rest of my life that, I, you know, I learned it early that uh, it's really important for me personally to get to know the executive group and understand exactly who they are and, 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 and where they're operating and how they're operating and just sort of the corporate philosophies uh, to, to be able to invest in them. Wow. Do you think that those, those fellas, those ladies that were in the executive team could have predicted this? Had you spoken to them, you might've gotten a bit of a sense that maybe they weren't that confident. You know what it was, it was, it was, um, I say all the time, and I, we don't hire at with Kadoodle by resume. And there's a reason because if I looked at the resume of this company and looked at the existing staff and the executive group that was involved, they were all uh, had been in the large uh, media space before. And uh, when I stood back and looked at it, again, it looked really good on paper. It, it just, you know, if I met them, who knows? I, I think now after and the, the, the brief field that was left by that company no longer doing business, then you can see a lot of ahas and moments where people you'd see some some definite uh, problems that were in the executive group and some some big gaping holes that they didn't cover. But again, hindsight's 50-50. <laughs> you know, just moving forward now, I, I definitely will. Uh, you know, and get to know behind the scenes that being an entrepreneur running a company with Kadoodle, uh, you know, one of the shocking things is for myself is that our investors, a lot of them still haven't gotten, they've gotten to know me and believe my story, but, uh, you know, only a couple have really wanted to come and meet the team. And I think that's very important if you're investing, especially in the tech media space is that, you know, it's not just the uh, front face of the organization that is the important one. It's also understanding, you know, what are your developers and engineers like, and, you know, what's their body language <laughs> and just understanding the space. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to really, because this market is moving so incredibly fast and, you know, every day there seems to be some major transition or shift. And we're now in this global environment that is just radically disrupting everything. And I think that, uh, you know, there's so many talented people out there right now and so many smaller companies that maybe deserve uh, a bit more of a look. But because they don't look out on paper, they get uh, passed over quite a bit. And, and I think there's, the, in my opinion, that's uh, that's the opportunity is to find those gems that are hidden with talented people that are absolutely dedicated and smart and are willing to go, you know, the extra mile to make sure it's successful. And, uh, you know, it's hard to come across on, on, in a presentation in a boardroom. You studied journalism. Why? It doesn't seem like it. I'm trying to connect the dots. <laughs> because I'm dyslexic and it was a challenge. <laughs> uh, in all reality, it was the, to be honest with you, it was the uh, degree that made me sound the smartest. 
um, in the shortest period of time. (laughs) (laughs) Always looking for that ROI. Always looking for that ROI. No, I, you know, I've always been interested in the story. I think for me, again, in business, just what I just mentioned before, um, you know, the, the front of the building always looks great. What's the inside like? And journalism to me always taught me to look for the real story. And I think that uh, for the rest of my professional career, it's what I seek for. It's, you know, wh- where are the real opportunities? Where's the real story? How do you separate the wheat from the chafe? Um, you know, it's just a, it's a really interesting uh, field to hone your skills on. And I, and I find it actually, there's a lot of things that I use from my schooling into, into my business life now, where I'm just asking certain questions or looking at certain things with certain angles, whether that's even our own, in our own boardroom or, or partners or talking about things that uh, I can really attribute my, my journalism training has helped me with. So what's the future story of children's programming and how it will be delivered and the kind of content that will be provided? Obviously, you want to be a big part of that and yeah. someone to, to, to implement things in that space. But I mean, where, where, where are we going to be this time in, in five years? Um, you know, to, to that point, ultimately, I hope APMC, the, our company with Kadoodle TV being one of our products, is obviously leading a charge. Um, the reality is I think that it's global that kids are going to be communicating with each other in various languages through various uh, real-time interpret uh, technologies, although we have to be careful and make sure that there's a definitely a, uh, a parental uh, lock on it so we control the exposure of what kid, who kids are going to. Um, but really, from my standpoint and where we're going with our product is, is allowing kids to create their own media. Um, we're just seeing the creativity of kids and the ability for them to research and come up with new ideas is fascinating. And ultimately, we're looking at building a, a toolbox for kids to either watch great content and be inspired or at the same time, uh, create their own great content and inspire other kids. And that's not just, again, video. That is uh, through moving images, through book telling, um, you know, just all different formats, uh, creating their own games. Um, for us in the next five years, we're very, very focused on helping kids um, be able to develop their own media. What's a financial habit of yours, Mike, that uh, that you practice that helps with your either with your entrepreneurship, your money management? And then I want to ask you about what you teach your kids about money at home. You'd never want to ask a serial entrepreneur about risk management with money. <laughs> you know, you're always having to dial in. Uh, the big thing, big thing for me again is just really only spend on the areas that are critical. Um, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're always living in this space where you're typically looking at your cash flow on a monthly basis and you have to be cognizant that you're in a business typically that's either non-generating or just barely generating cash flow. And so you have to manage. And, and to that point, what I've seen a lot of mistakes do is that companies will go up, young entrepreneurs will go out and maybe close a, a you know, a large round of capital, multi-million dollar round of capital. And then all of a sudden it's, You know, let's go focus on building an office out or focus on the things that aren't absolutely necessary to make the business successful. And I think that's the same thing in my personal life is that there are certain things that, uh, you know, I I put a value on that you want to spend some money on. But then a lot of other things, uh, I just try and be as disciplined as I can not to spend anywhere that doesn't ultimately have some sort of ROI and benefit to me moving forward. Uh, And regarding my kids... Um, really what we're using right now is, uh, um, for instance, games, uh, you know, my oldest son loves to, he's sort of this real new techie kid. His whole, uh, focus on life right now is he wants to be a, an app developer and a game developer. And so, uh, we were very, very aware of the in app purchases and 
really right now it's about making those in-app purchases real to him when he asks for 99 cents or 2.99 um you know really focusing on making him have a physical task to be able to understand that money typically just doesn't as the proverbial fall off the tree but really uh what you have to do is identify to the child and say look even though you're spending something that you can't feel or touch uh, ultimately, there's still a physical quotient to it, and and uh, using home chores and, and is something that we're working on really right now. Uh, with my youngest son, he's still too young to know, so uh, we'll we'll pick that up maybe in a couple of years and learn a little bit more from the eight year old. Yeah, I think you know a lawn business yeah. is recession proof. <laughs> there you go. For yeah. Sure. Except for I'm in Canada, so it's it's a short a short window. <laughs> a short window, but a window at least to to learn and try something. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, let's do some so many fill in the blanks, Mike. This is like you can, you know, just take a bre- break. No more hard hitting questions about your business. <laughs> this is just really stream of consciousness. First thing that comes to mind, finish the sentence. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say a hundred million bucks, the first thing I would do is uh, put enough away for my children's education, for a quality children's education. And of and course, pay off all debt. <laughs> are we assuming they go to they go to college in Canada or anywhere? It'd be anywhere. It's definitely a global perspective. In which case, it might be a little bit more money. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I'm, yeah. It'd probably be at least yeah, a, good, a good chunk. Don't want to give away too much to the kids to uh, ruin the opportunity for them to succeed in the future. But ultimately, it would be uh, ensuring that they have uh, the toolkit to go to school and uh, and pursue whatever education they wanted to. One thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is. Better airline tickets. <laughs> yeah, uh, those extra extra leg room is is always worth. Yeah, it. well, just the ch- and changing too, just the ability to change tickets without, unfortunately, traveling so much. As you know, meetings get changed quite mm-hmm. quickly in big companies, and the last thing you want to do is be stuck with high change fees. Right. My biggest splurge that I spend a lot of money on, but it's worth every penny, is <laughs> motorcycles. Really? Tell me about this. Uh, yeah, I love racing on track so don't tell my board this but yeah no i'm, I'm i've loved motorcycles since i think i released memories and any day i can get out and ride and and which is becoming far and few between lately but uh definitely getting on a racetrack and or doing a you know a week-long uh, road trip uh to various trains is is my passion <laughs> Good for you so you do have some fun you can have a little bit of fun while you're running this big business yeah, not not enough lately the last couple of years have been pretty dry on the fun part but as you know it's always it's always worth it when i was growing up the one thing i wish i had learned about money is um that it didn't grow on trees <laughs> um just just literally how difficult especially globally just how we're now moving into a global economy and just how uh, living in Canada was such an unbelievable place to grow up and the access to capital for the most part is, is, you know, uh, very, very strong when you consider the rest of globally. When I, when I got out of high school and, and traveled to Africa and, and, and different parts of Central America and started seeing how uh, a large portion of the world lived, um, it, it, that was the biggest shock for me. And I think that was the biggest transition to understand that, uh, you know, coming out of high school and making at the time, I think it was 12 or $15 an hour was, uh, you know, to me was, you know, highway robbery that how could someone pay so little? And yet when you walk into villages where that would be, you know, a monthly income, it was just something that, uh, again, growing up in Canada was very privileged. But ultimately, when you contrast that uh, with what's going on globally, that, uh, you know, I had to learn that lesson that um, you definitely have to work hard if you want to make be successful. What a great lesson. When I donate, I like to give to blank because 
I like to anonymously give um, directly. I I worked with a lot of different charitable organizations uh, and I found that unfortunately there's a lack of transparency and that creates huge inefficiencies. And so I like to donate directly, uh, but I don't like to be known for my donations because typically it involves me working with families one-on-one. I like to work through schools and principals, um, but I have a very difficult time working with larger organizations. It's just my own opinion. Uh, Hopefully that changes. But in the past, when I've done the research into organizations to donate, I was not very impressed um, more often than not, just simply by the inefficiencies of people operating those charitable organizations. Maybe it's a karma thing, but I, I would never want my name on a building. Um, but I would love to be able to uh, to see the good that that you know. Obviously, money. We you know the difficult thing is that we live in a world where money has to drive everything, including research and Medicare and and uh, food and clothing. And something that really inspires me is to be able to you know hopefully be successful enough where I can achieve. Uh, high level financial success, but ultimately, uh, you know, I would not want to uh, be a part of a large donor program. I'd want to, uh, to be able to do, uh, my own, um, giving through my own filters and judgment and ultimately where my heart said I needed to put it, but, uh, who knows, maybe that changes in the future. And last but not least, I'm Mike Lowe. I'm so money because. Cause I'm still. I've still got so much to learn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a great way to put things. That's a great, it's a great perspective. You know, as I always say, you got to continue to stay curious. It's uh, just, uh, it's important for your, for your self-development and in your growth. So thank you so much. Kadoodle sounds awesome. I can't wait to, uh, to explore it more with my young one. And, um, thank you very much for your time, Mike. Congratulations. Thank you so much for the time. And Kadoodle has lots of exciting things coming out over the next 12 months and uh, we're growing globally and we're going to hopefully change a lot of kids' lives for the better through the education uh, initiatives that we're launching as well. So thank you so much for the time. It's been great. For more information about Mike, his website is kadoodle.tv. He's also on Twitter at kadoodle.tv. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can always go to somoneypodcast.com. Remember for the transcript, the comments, anything from this show. And of course, while you're there, click on Ask Farnoosh and send me your question because Fridays I am answering your cues. Hope your day is so money. So money.